All right. Well, good morning, everyone. Did you like the switch up? Ty did the announcements. Now I'm going to preach. Kind of crazy, right? Let's see. My wonderful assistant, Isaiah. Thank you. Thank you. Nice job. Oh, oh let's get really, really. Because he was really not wanting to come and do that. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that. I'm actually, I'm super thankful for both of my boys today. Let's see if I can make it through without crying today. Is that possible? Did the, kid, did the kids go? Have Some of them have. If you haven't, kiddos, and you're going back for kids' church, you can go back. Or you can sit and listen to me preach, whatever makes your heart happy. <laughs> Let me get situated here. Well, I will say this message has been burning on my heart for a while, so I'm excited to be able to bring it today, and I believe that God is going to use it to change your life. So my name is Lynn. I'm Pastor Tyson's wife, and um, I love to um, bring God's word. Those of you who don't know me, I'm a teacher by trade for 22 years. I've been teaching special education See, I'm crying already. Maybe it's because I'm exhausted. I don't know. But, you know, um, but I love my job and I love my kids. See, guys, I don't know whether I can do it. Okay, I need, I need Josh and Beth. If you'll come up, we'll just, we'll just dive right in and quit all the sappy stuff, right? So I'm going to put them right up here. I've asked Josh and Beth. You guys are on. You guys are on right now. Beth, you can sit there. Josh, you can come over here. They're excited to be helping today, too, aren't you? Right? You're so excited. <laughs> Josh is really excited. <laughs> so, um, and I want you to know that Jeremiah handpicked you guys to be the ones to come up and do this today. In a discussion, I said, who should we have come up? And he's like, oh, Mr. Strange. By far, Mr. Strange should come up here and do this today. So, um, you were handpicked handpicked today. So today's message is talking about the presence of God and what is the presence of God. So this is not your typical Mother's Day, Proverbs 31 message. This is a message to everybody today, whether you're a mom, whether you're a husband, whether you are single, whether you're a kid, a teenager, no matter what, it's for you today. So here I have Beth and Josh up here on stage, and I don't know whether any of you have heard especially during this COVID year, okay, of self-care, where everybody's like, you need to take care of yourself, do things that are good for you. How many of you have heard that term, self-care? We need to make sure that we're taking care of ourselves emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, everything, right? And I don't know about you, but even at school, they are like, okay, you know, you need to really focus in on what you're doing so that you can, you can pour out to your kids. Because as teachers, if we're completely drained, then how can we pour into our kids each day and clean all the desks and, you know, all the other silly stuff that's required. But today, I want to talk through this idea of self-care. For women, a lot of times, and mothers, self-care might be going to get a manicure. So 
here we have Beth. She's going to get a manicure. And if she is really taking care of herself, she might get her toes done too, right? And that is a super blessing. And Beth might feel like, ooh, I'm looking good. And I'm feeling good. I can go back and I can conquer those kids at home. And my husband, I'm looking fine for him, right? (laughs) And he is going to be really excited about the nails. I, I just know it, right? I mean, that is just totally what you're thinking about, right? So, anyway, the guys on the other hand, their self-care might be going to the gym. I'm going to take out some of the the aggression, and I'm just going to hit the button. Oh, my. This was was unplanned. This is improv right here. So, it might be going to the gym, working out, getting those muscles built up, okay? And it'd be like, yeah, maybe a punching bag, and he's like, yeah, taking care of myself, I'm going to take care of my family, you know, getting all macho, right? Okay. On the other hand, the wife might go and say self-care is going to get a massage. Ooh, I've been so stressed this week, I got to get a massage and just feel at peace, right? That would be really nice, wouldn't it? It actually would be, yeah. Whereas the husband, on the other hand, he might say, I need to go for a hike in the woods, right? And I'm just going to get out in nature, and I'm going to spend time. (laughs) This was a great pick, Jeremiah. This is a great pick here. I'm going to spend time in nature. I'm going to find some bugs or squirrels or turkeys or, I don't know, snakes. You like snakes? Mr. Strange. Okay. All right. And then we have our, our lady on the other hand. She might be like, oh, I want to go for a walk with a friend on a nice stroll around the neighborhood. And we can just talk, right, about anything, right? And that is showing self-care. Then the husband, or the man, he might say, oh. You want to play some Madden on the Xbox, buddy? He might call up his friends. They might get online, virtual, and be like, oh, yeah. No, whatever. I don't know. It's not me. All I know is I hear it in my household a lot. But sometimes that's the method for self-care, right? Okay, so we have all these things that as Ladies and as gentlemen, we do because we know we need to take care of ourselves, right? And are any of those things bad? No. Those are all fabulous things. And today's point is not to say don't do those things, okay? That's not the message today. The message is where is God in all of that? Where is seeking the presence of God the priority in our lives? How many of you would choose to spend time in the presence of God versus going to get a massage? How many of you would say, it is number one on my list. If I'm not in the presence of God, I'm not taking care of myself, 
right? Our world puts so much attention on self-care and get my nails done and doing, you know, whatever it is. We're missing, we're missing the point. All of those things are temporary. You go in and you get your nails done and you feel great for about 10 minutes afterwards or maybe four days afterwards. You're still looking at them like, ooh, these look great. But what happens when that first nail gets chipped (laughs) or it gets peeled off, ladies, right? They're temporary. It's for the moment. Your muscles may be great for the moment, but as soon as you go home and eat that whole pizza, right? I don't know whether you'll eat the whole pizza or the cookies in the back. Those are really good. Thanks, Alana. They are great. It's temporary. But your time in the presence of the Father is eternal. It makes eternal impact in your life. So I'm going to let Beth and Josh thank you for your acting abilities. You guys are amazing. Let's give them a round of applause. I appreciate your help, guys. Thank you. They're signing autographs right after service in the lobby. After you get your photo booth picture, they'll be back there, right? It'll be worth something someday, right? Let's talk about God's presence. Let's dive in a little bit deeper. How many of you have something to take notes with today? Oh, okay. You're going to need to take notes. This is important, okay? Spending time in God's presence should make it number one on our list before everything else, before time with family, before time with our kids, before getting our nails done, before working out. Our time with God should be our number one priority. What is God's presence? What does that mean? We have a lot of Christians and a lot of non-Christians walking around being like, I don't know what God's presence is, and I don't know whether I want it, and I don't know whether, I don't know what it is. God's presence lives inside each of us who have chosen to accept him as their Lord and Savior. So once you say, God, I want you to come into my life, I want you to be Lord and Savior over my life, God's presence abides within you. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. God's spirit comes to reside in us. Are we thankful for that? I mean, I'm thankful that I don't have to go one day to the next without having the presence of God with me. God's presence is everywhere. Sometimes that's known as his omnipresence. That's a big fancy word. Psalm 139.7 says, Where could I go from your spirit? Or where could I flee from your presence? If I ascend up into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, behold, you are there. 
No matter we go, whether we go to the grocery store or whether you're at the bar, no matter whether you're in church or walking around the neighborhood, God is there. That's his omnipresence. That's his presence that no matter whether we feel it or not, he is always there. He's not going to leave you. He loves you. He is there. We can be confident when we get up and go to work tomorrow. Who's going to be there? God's going to be there. He already knows what's going to come on your job tomorrow. He knows what you're going to face. So we can go with confidence, right? That the Holy Spirit is with us and in us. Jeremiah 1.5 says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. There is nowhere that we can run from his presence. Why do we try? Why do we try to run away from the presence of God? He is there. Whether we feel it at the moment or not, he's there. On the other side of things, his omnipresence is just like, is this big overarching presence around us. But on the other side of that is God's manifest presence. So I want to differentiate between those two for a minute. His manifest presence is our awareness of him is awakened to reality is defined by him. Take, for example, in Daniel 3, 24 and 25. This one is not on the screen. Daniel 3, 24 and 25. The story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? And they're in the fiery furnace. Starting at verse 22, it says, Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame and sparks from the fire killed those men who handled Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men fell down, bound into the burning, fiery furnace. What should have happened to those men as they got in the furnace? What should have happened to them? They should be dead, right? They should be burned up in the fire. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astounded, and he jumped up and said to his counselors, Did we not cast three men Bound into the midst of the fire? They answered, true, O king. He answered, behold, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like a son of the gods. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, you servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out from the midst of the fire. It's awful quiet in here. There should be some rejoicing. Right? They came out of the fire. And are they burned? No. Who was with them in the fire? God was. Wow, if that doesn't move us, I don't know what will. 
What Nebuchadnezzar didn't understand was the omnipresence of God when he threw the men in the burning furnace. He didn't understand that God was going to go with them no matter what. Right? When Nebuchadnezzar did that, the manifest presence of God showed up in real living form in the fiery furnace. Right? I mean, holy cow, can you imagine being there? Can you imagine being one of those men in the fiery furnace? Understanding this helps us grab hold of how the manifest presence of the Lord became discernible to the pagan king. That omnipresence is just everywhere, and we just, we just don't necessarily feel it. I don't feel like God's with me today. He's just not here. I'm not feeling it. Guess what? He's still there, right? And then, bam, you know when his manifest presence shows up, That something happens and you have this stirring in your soul that goes beyond just, oh, I'm a good Jesus girl, right? It goes beyond that. And you're like, this is the power of God at work. The omnipresence of God can exist without our awareness. But the manifest presence of God cannot The manifest presence of the Lord causes our awareness of him to be awakened to biblical truth and reality. It's that living presence of God in your situation. When we spend time in his presence, I'm talking about hungering after who God is. It is not about what he can give us. Yes, there are benefits, and we're going to talk about that. But it's not what he can give us. It's us being able to walk into his presence and be like, Ooh, I'm in the presence of the Most High God. He loves me. He knows me by name. He called me. He chose me for such a time as this. It's the conscious effort on the part of God's children to grow in our knowledge love, and enjoyment of God in a way that leaves its imprint on our lives. When you enter into the presence of God, what do you expect? What's your expectation? Is your expectation to just be the exact same as when you went into his presence? No. When I'm in God's presence and I'm spending time with him and I'm worshiping him, My expectation is that when I get up and when I leave that place, that I'm going to be changed. That I'm not going to be the same that I was when I came into that quiet place. When you come into this sanctuary here, what's your expectation? That you're going to just walk out and be like, oh, have a great day. Happy Mother's Day. It's good. Or are you taking something with you that you can apply to your life? What's your expectation and what are you waiting for? God wants to change you from the inside out. I think about, when I think about the presence of God, I think about basking in his presence. The more time we spend in his presence, the more we are able to experience the fullness 
of his goodness. Because God is a good God, right? But if we never commune with him, if we never spend time in his presence, how can he show us the fullness of who he is? We're expecting him to just do miracles without taking our time and our lives and our energy and saying, God, I love you enough to spend time with you. To bask, by definition, means to lie exposed to warmth and light, typically from the sun, for relaxation and pleasure. Because we're all about self-care, right? So if we're basking in the sun... Right? How many of you, I know through the winter, everybody, how many of you have kind of like that, um, what's the winter thing where everybody feels down? The, what's it called? Oh, that was so confusing. I, I heard no one's voice in that. It was like, rah, 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 rah. So whatever that's called, I can't think of it right now. Seasonal affective disorder, right? How many of you have that or think you have that or feel more down in the winter than others. And then on March 1st, I'm making this date up, out comes the sun. And I remember in my classroom, I have a window. Thank the Lord there's at least a window in my room. Pull up the blinds and the sun's shining in. I remember walking over to it and just standing as close as I could to it to feel the warmth of the sun on my face. Has anybody done something stupid like that before? Like, you just want to feel the heat? Nobody. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Okay. So, thank you. Um, so, yeah, I go over to it, and I'm like, Lord, warm me up. You know, let me feel the heat and the warmth. And I'm not asking for heat and warmth right now, because I am profusely sweating at the moment. So, thank you, Brent, for turning on the fan, though. That's, that's a good thing up here. But so I go by this window and I'm trying to get the sun and I close my eyes and I'm trying to envision I am in Florida. I am in Florida. I am in Florida. I'm on the beach right now. You know, and I'm trying to self-talk in my brain. I am warm. I am feeling happy. <laughs> you know, all these things. But friends, what if we bask in the presence of God? Let's use the reference, the sun. He is the sun. If we get closer and closer to him and feel the warmth of his presence, what happens to us? What happens? We get excited. We feel, we feel better. We know that God is in control. We're willing to bask in the sun and the sun rays and lay out and whatever for hours to get a good tan, or just to feel that warmth. But how long has it been since you basked in the presence of the Most High God? Because he loves you. He loves you. I want to encourage you today. Bask in his presence. Be still before him. Psalm 7, 73, 28 says, but it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord God and made him my refuge, that I may tell of all your works. It's good for me 
to draw near to God. Well, that sounds like self-care to me, right? It's good for me to draw near to God. Okay, well, if I know that, and if I know that God's word is truth, and he says to draw near to him, then what should I be doing? Draw near to God, draw near to God, draw near to God. Closer and closer and closer. More time and more time and more time in his presence. Psalm 91.1 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. That means the enemy is defeated when we stand in the presence of God. Let's give it a clap. I mean... Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that the enemy cannot stand in the presence of God. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. What picture does that paint in your mind? I need to dwell in the shelter. I'm picturing a a shield, a... a, um, a shelter house built up around me, right? And when I'm in that presence of the Most High God, no enemy can stand. So what does it look like? I had a friend at school, and she's going to be watching this later, hopefully. She said, well, what do you mean? What does it mean to to sit in his presence, to bask in his presence. What do you do? Like, what are you supposed to do? You just go and you sit, you know? Well, for everybody, it might look a little bit different. So I just want to talk just briefly about what that might look like. I have a lot of notes, but I I just got to get this out, okay? So it might look like you have a place at home that is your quiet place, where you know that it's free from distractions. And some of us, that's really hard to find a place like that in our house. But, I mean, if you have to clear out the closet and, you know, make a little place on the floor, someplace, okay, you might go in that quiet place and sit with the Lord. Now, since I love worship and I love worship music, I almost always have my worship music on. When I'm in that quiet, secret place. But then there are times when you know you need to turn everything off. Because sometimes when the noise is going, even though it's worship, you get distracted by it and you're just singing along. And you're not really focusing on what God's trying to say. So you might be in that quiet place in your house, that place that you have set aside. It might be walking through nature And feeling the presence of God. It might be, um, you know, sitting someplace out. Sometimes I'll go to the park and find a park bench and I've got my Bible with me. And um, just reading that. God can reveal himself to you in that secret place. In that quiet place with the Lord. It looks like this when you're in the presence of the Lord.
How many of you have ever just stood before the Lord and raised your hands up and you're like, I'm an empty vessel, Lord. Fill me up. Fill me up. It might look like, God, thank you for today. You are great and you are glorious and I praise you and I exalt you. It may just look like an exciting time with God or it might be still and it might be quiet before him. Sometimes in order to hear our Father, we have to close our mouths for a while. We, we get so tempted to just talk, 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 pray, 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 and those things are good. But sometimes we need to be able to, and I'm just going to be still before my Father because he loves me. And he wants to speak to you. I forgot one of my illustrations I was going to give, a, a present that was wrapped up. I, I totally spaced it on bringing it with me. But a present that you get maybe for Mother's Day, right? Anybody get a gift this morning? No? Nobody got a gift this morning? <gasps> Brittany? Yes. Oh, praise the Lord. Well, maybe mothers are going to get one later and know that we have cookies for you in the back, right? But if you get a gift for Mother's Day or for your birthday or for whatever, Christmas, you get this gift, and how many times do you open it? Just one, unless I guess if it was really good and you want to rewrap it and open it again. I don't know how many people take the time to do that, right? But you're only opening that gift one time. Well, here's the thing about the presence of God. A present we open once. The presence of God we can do hundreds of times a day. It never runs out. God is always there. And we can open his presence infinitely. We can be in his presence infinitely. I think about um, in Exodus 33, 12 through 14. Let me turn there real quick. Exodus 33, 12 through 14. Moses said to the Lord, See you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you said, I know you by name, and you have also found favor in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray you, if I have found favor in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you, progressively becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with you, perceiving and recognizing and understanding more strongly and clearly, and that I may find favor in your sight. And Lord, do consider that this nation is your people. And the Lord said, my presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. And Moses said to the Lord, if your presence does not go with me, do not carry us up from here. When Moses was wandering and the Israelites wandered around the wilderness, going through the same struggle time and time again, 
God provided the manna and he provided food for them. But was it over abundantly and above what he could do? No, it was enough to get them through, right? But then God says, I'm going to give you my presence. My presence is going to go with you. I will get you through this. All we need is his presence and rest to face everything that we come against. As much as we would like to know God's plans for us, what we need most is his presence, which will in turn give us rest in whatever he sends us to, right? If we seek his presence above presence and the presence of God, if we seek his presence He will direct us and guide us in everything that he's called us to. And we'll know which steps to take. It won't be like we're wandering. It'll be like, I know God is with me. I got this. We'll walk in the confidence that God is in control. (coughs) Sorry. If God ruined our plans, then it wasn't the right plan. If it was the enemy doing the ruining, then God will restore us and have a plan that's ten times better than what we ever thought of. We need to learn to want what he wants more than our own plans. I'm going to pick up the pace here because I know everybody's thinking about eating a cookie. Or can I keep preaching? Okay, two of you can stay. Nobody else get cookies. You two can get cookies afterwards. No, I'm joking. God allowed that wandering to teach them that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. How do we know what comes from his mouth? How do we know this? Through his word and through relationship and fellowship with him. Spending time in his presence. So what are these benefits of time in his presence? Why should I do it? Some of you are like, whatever lady, you don't know what you're talking about. Why do I want to do this? Why? Number one, and I don't think this is on the slide, Landon, but um, number one reason for time in his presence is because we can know our Father intimately. We can know the King of kings and the Lord of lords and our Creator. We can know him intimately by spending time with him. Number two, which is actually number one, I think, on the slides, is peace. When we can enter into that quiet place with the Lord, peace, calm, comfort, rest comes. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound with hope. Exodus 33, 
33, 12 through 14. My presence shall go with you and I will give you rest. Raise your hand if you need some peace in your life. Seriously. Peace, rest, calmness. I need it. I need it. How do I get it? Time in the presence of God. It's not going to come by getting my nails done as much as I want to have them done. Didn't make it in the budget this month. And it doesn't matter because my time with my father is most important. And that's what's going to bring peace and rest. Number two, direction for decisions that you have to make. How many of you have to make decisions in life? Nobody. Okay, seven, three, ten, fourteen, two hands, everybody. Okay. Psalm 77 6 says, I call to remembrance my song in the night. With my heart, I meditate and my spirit searches diligently. Psalm 55, 8 and 9. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts, and his ways are higher than our ways. And if that is true, and we believe that to be true, then when I sit down in the secret place of the Most High God, then when I pray and when I trust Him that He is in control, what's going to happen? He's going to provide direction for our lives. There is no more wandering. The Holy Spirit will guide you in everything that you're going to do. Be still before the Lord and wait on him. He is our direction provider, right? Not our internet provider. He's our direction provider. If we cannot get into that place, into that quiet place and say, God, which way? Which way do I go, Father? And then be still before him. Our directions are going to be directed by everything in this world. And this world can lead us astray, right? Our Heavenly Father who loved us, who chose us, that's who I want to get my direction from. He's the creator of the universe. Who else is going to know what job I need to take? Who else is going to know what I need to do tomorrow? Sometimes it's what I need to do the next five minutes. Our Father loves us so much. The last thing that, that comes as a benefit is the fruit of the Spirit. And when we spend time in the presence of God, the fruit of the Spirit is evident in our lives. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Ooh, you mean if I spend time in God's presence, he will fill me with goodness, joy, gentleness, self-control, patience? How many of you need those things in your life? We in and of ourselves are not joyful sometimes. We might feel actually grumpy. Anybody feel grumpy? I can feel grumpy. <laughs> I need 
my father, I need my father to impart to me those fruit of the spirit. What an awesome opportunity. Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life in your presence. There is fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures evermore. We're wrapping it up now. When we begin to walk out in obedience what was shown to us in the secret place, that is where we will see his manifest presence. We'll say that again. When we begin to walk out in obedience what was shown to us in the secret place, in that quiet place, that's where we begin to see his manifest presence evident. What do you mean walk in obedience? That means in that quiet time with God, God says, you need to do this. I'm leading you this way. Try this. Go here. Do that. And we say, okay, I'm going to do that, Lord. And you begin to walk it out. That is when God shows up. That's when his presence is like, whoo, real. Like that's God at work, right? It's just not, oh, God's going with me to school today. When we begin to walk in obedience with what he has for us, bam, he shows up. And you're like, the only way that happened was because of the power of the Holy Spirit at work within me. Because it is not me. How can we get that direction for our lives? By spending time in his presence. It brings us back around to that self-care things. Macho Josh over here. Working out, right? Josh, is that going to give you direction for your life? No. Beth. Going for a walk with your best friend through the neighborhood. Carefully, no tripping on sidewalks. Beth, is that gonna give you <laughs> is that gonna give you direction for your life? No. Those things are all good, but they're not eternal. Right? I want to leave us, and I, I'm just going to ask everybody to stand up. <clears throat> I want to leave us with one message here, one last story to share with you. And I was so excited because, you know, I was preparing this message, and I felt like it was directly from the Lord that, that people needed to hear it today. But I was like, I don't have something to close up my message with. Like, I need a wrap-up. You know, and so I get on Facebook, <laughs> Lord, I'm going to get on Facebook to get a wrap up for my message, right? And I went to somebody's Facebook page and then it took me to somebody else's Facebook page and somebody else. I mean, it's like a, a friend of a mother-in-law of a friend of a sister, you know, like I don't know this person that I ended up on their page, but what I did end up finding was a message from Karen Wheaton, which I don't know how many of you know her or not, but she is a pastor 
in um, Alabama, and she um, ministers to youth, okay, and very powerfully ministers to youth. I feel like my earring is like really messed up, so here we go, because I want to do this right. So she pastors um, youth in Alabama, and she said God all of her life had called her to sing and um, to travel the country singing, okay? And she's like, oh, you know, when she was little, she knew she was supposed to sing. She was supposed to, to do this. And so God opened up amazing doors for her to travel around the world and sing, And then in 1999, God led her to begin youth ministry, okay? And and the Lord said, you're going to change lives in our youth. And then in 2004, he spoke to her about ministering to youth around the world. And she made a trip to Manchester, England. And on this trip to Manchester, the streets were packed with thousands of young people, high school students, teenagers, and and young adults. And there were pubs and young people going in and out. And they were so crowded that kids were lined up to go into these pubs. Like buildings. And she was looking out her window seeing this. And, you know, the Spirit of God was just on her. It was like, you have to get down there. You have to get down there. And so remember that obedience part, right? So the Spirit of God is saying, you got to get down there. There's people that need Jesus down there. She, walked, she went out and went down to the street. And she said they were bringing out, um, they were bringing out girls, carrying them in their arms that were so drunk that they just picked them up and laid them on the floor outside of the pubs. Okay, and she, she's just like, her heart is breaking for them, that people need Jesus. And she started talking to these college students, okay, and just talking and talking, and she's a good preacher, good singer, all of these things, and they're like, and I can't do a British accent, I'm not going to try, um, but they were like, um, what are you doing here? You know, why are you here? Who are you? Why are you here? Whatever. And she said, well, I'm a singer. Oh, and they're like, oh, sing for us. Sing for us. Right? And she's like, okay, Lord, you told me to come to Manchester, England, and you knew that I was supposed to be working with youth, and you put me on this street for such a time as this, and there began to be a a crowd that opened up in front of her of these young adults. Okay? She said, Lord, what do I sing? What do I sing? They're asking me to sing. Right? And so here's what she sang. I'm sorry if your legs are hurting right now. If you got to sit down, sit down, because this is good. And we are going to have an altar time here in a minute. But that's okay. Okay? She said, she sang... Oh, how he loves you and me. Oh, how he loves you and me. He gave his life 
What more could he give? Oh, how he loves you. Oh, how he loves me. Oh, how he loves you and me. I knew I wasn't going to make it through that. But you know what? Those people in front of her, those teenagers, those young adults, what do you think they did? They gave their hearts to the Father. Because one lady walked in obedience and said, I'm willing to walk down there on that street. I have no idea what I'm doing. But I'm going to walk in obedience because I've been in the presence of my Father day after day after day. And I know what He's calling me to do. And she walked in obedience. Lives were changed. People were set free. They're like, who are you? And what is this God that you're talking about? And now there is a ramp, that, which is their, um, the youth ministry in Manchester, England. And there's several other stories that lead up to that. But God was starting a revival, and he started it through one lady who said, I am sold out for Jesus, and I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Today, we're going to have this altar time. And we're going to have two altar calls. And y'all are like, Lynn, quit preaching. The first one, there are some of you in here today that have never said I want Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life. There are some of you who are sitting there like, who is this God and what are you talking about? What's this presence? Today is the day. Today is the day to make a change, to say, God, I don't have it figured out. I can't do this on my own. I need you, Lord. I want to draw the line in the sand and not ever go back to what I was living before. I want to make a change. I want to do something new. I want, when I walk out of those doors, to walk in newness of life. And if that is you today, I want you to come forward. I'm not going to be meeting you at the door back there. I want you to just come on up if that's you. If you're saying today is the day that I need to follow after Jesus and I'm not looking back. You want to know that love of Jesus. Now is the time. It's Jesus, we worship you, Lord. Jesus, we worship you, Lord. Oh, we praise you, Lord. We glorify you, Lord. You Just are come holy. And consume me. Jesus. My heart's ready. God, God if, if I, I burn, burn, I burn for you. you. Without hesitation. If that's you today, now's the time. No hesitation. Without reservation. God, if I burn, I burn for you. Jesus. I need a fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. I want to burn for you. Give me a 
fresh, fresh fire. Give me a fresh, fresh fire. I want what you desire. I want to burn for you. Yes, Jesus. Light a match. Let it go. Set a blaze. Uncontrol. I want that fire. I want that fire. So light a match. Let it go. Set a blaze. Uncontrolled. I want that fire. I want that fire. All right, the second part of our time together. And I know that if God is still stirring on your heart, it is never too late. He can meet you in your truck, in your car on the way home. It's not too late. If you are a mother or a grandmother or you have been a mother in somebody's life, I would like to ask you to come forward right now because I want to pray over you. And if we can just spread out, let's try and do like three to six feet away from each other. I just want to ask our moms, ladies, come on up. Because you know what? We got a hard job, right? We got a tough job in front of us. And even when our kids are graduated and they're, they're gone, you know what? M moms, we still have a job. So you got my mama right here. Men, I want you just to reach your hand. And young adults, I want you to reach your hand out towards these ladies. Because you know what? You would not be here if it wasn't for your mama. Whether she was a great mama, whether she was a mama that stunk, <laughs> you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for her. So I just ask today, we're going to pray, and I want to pray a special anointing on you mothers, that whatever you're going through, God has got you in every season of life, whether they're babies, whether they're grown and gone, God has got you. So let's just pray. Let's pray. God, I thank you right now for each of these women. I pray, God, a special anointing on their lives that you would fill them up to overflowing, Father. I thank you, God, that the best is yet to come and that they are going to be filled with all joy and all hope as they seek your presence today. Father, we ask that you would fill up every need within them, every broken heart. We thank you that it is healed by the power of Jesus. We thank you that for our sons and our daughters who have gone astray and not living for you, Father. I thank you that they will return, Lord. I thank you, God, that your power is at work within them. God, I thank you that you're going to fill every mother up, every person who's been a mother to someone, grandmothers, aunts. Oh, God, we thank you for putting them in our lives. And we pray that you would encourage them. May they be filled with joy and hope and peace in the salvation that comes from you, Father. 
We love you so much, and we thank you for who you are, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody says amen, amen. Thank you, mamas. Thank you, mamas. Let's worship together as we close out. Yes, Jesus, we praise you. Thank you, Jesus. Give God some glory. Give God some glory. We praise you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Fresh, fresh fire, and that you desire. I wanna burn for you. Be a fresh, fresh fire. Be a fresh, fresh fire. One that you desire. I'm gonna burn for you. So let it match, let it go, set a blaze. I want that fire As you leave today, give somebody a hug. Let them know that you love them. God is good and he loves us. Amen.